This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to This Day in History, a podcast dedicated to examining history from a standpoint of determining which event on any given day had the greatest impact on our lives. Now your host, Tony Hubert and Armand Kachigian. All right, well, without any preamble, we don't have Tony today, so let's, uh, we do have a bonus, two young socialists against one seasoned old libertarian. Uh, the odds are in my favor. It's an honor to be on your show, Armand. Yeah. yeah. I know it is. The odds for what, dying first? Well, yeah, unless we get single-payer health care, which is what, uh, Jack, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? I'm yes, Andrew. I don't, I don't know who you guys yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've seen me around the office before, You're just before, specters. Armand. I'm Andrew, uh, the producer yeah, of the show. Yeah, you're the one with, the, with the, the apple donuts, right? Yeah, the apple donut guy who, who eats apple donuts. Um, yes. Would you like to give any of your vital statistics, age, sex? I'm 5'8", 115 pounds, and that's about all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you are you a male, a cis, tra- a male. trans, or cis, or what? I mean, I prefer not to answer. Actually, what pronoun should I use when addressing you? Because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to use he. Because that could be just scathing. Say, yeah, just say you over there. Did you go to college? I did briefly oh. <laughs> for four years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I minored so, in history. So you actually. earned what? Ten or twelve credits? Fourteen. Oh, good job. Yeah. It only what took dedication. me uh, thirteen years to finish college. Nice. All right, yeah. now we have Polyglot Jack over here. So now you're a doctor, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, it took me six weeks to become a podiatrist. <laughs> Some of the toughest six weeks of my life. Is that a mail order course? On the back of a matchbook. <laughs> I had to draw the little duck, and they. Uh, they gave me my degree. So when you take your diploma, is there a way that you can fold it so it makes another image? No, I've, I burned my diploma. That's interesting. <laughs> I burned my cap, my mortar, and my my gown. Um, polyglot Jack here. Uh, uh, hi, I'm John Baldwin. I, I may speak more than one language, but I don't like to Would you like whip to? it out in public. <laughs> Please don't. Although you're Irish, right? Um, no, I'm definitely American. Do you have uh, the Irish curse? The no, I have no curse. Did you ever read that? that I know of. Did you ever read that article in Hustler? Hmm, on no. uh, who had the longest penises? <laughs> I haven't read much. The Africans in... had the longest, and guess who had the shortest? People read articles in Hustler. Well, <laughs> yeah, between uh, what was it? What was he called? Beaver uh, Beaver Hunt. Beaver Hunt yeah. Mag. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We had a girl from Granite City in Beaver Hunt. It was quite a coup for the town. All right, so now we've made the introductions. All right, would let, any of you like to comment on what happened in two, 202 BCE? Uh, the Second Punic War at the Battle Without of... Without consulting your notes, uh, history major. Uh, minor. Um, <laughs> yes, Roman minor. Legion... I agree. Yeah, defeated okay. Hannibal Barca, uh, who was defending Carthage at the time. Could you go into any more detail on this battle and what the Punic Wars were, by the way? That's what? where I was leaving it up to you. All right, Jack... Would you like? Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to pass the buck on You this do one. speak Carthaginian, don't you? Of course. All right. Anyway, this is uh, this is actually a very important battle because this is probably like one of the only, in fact, I can the only battle I can think of between probably the top two generals and the top ten as ranked by people who rank generals, I guess. Because you, um, you got Hannibal against Scipio Africanus. So these are two biggies. Um, Hannibal had this uh, technique of using war elephants. You guys have heard he crossed the Alps with them. Um, And um, yeah, trouble. He had to wait for winter. Yeah, well, these elephants were a little unruly. They they were known to uh, you know turn on friend and foe because they didn't know who they were fighting against and who they were fighting for. Didn't do very well in the snow. They should have used woolly mammoths. Yeah, but uh, you could you could make heat out of their dung, so that was that was good. Uh, Anyway, this was a battle which is fought in modern day Tunisia. Remember, remember the. the movie Patton. I haven't seen it, so I, I, there's nothing Patton? really to remember. This no. is this is where um, Tony would come in more more of hand here is recalling yeah, all okay. these old movies. 1970. Come on, guys, it's not that old. Neither of us were born yet. It was a talkie. 
Anyway, <laughs> he was, uh, you know, George C. Scott stops and says, I can smell a battlefield. And he goes to the battlefield, Zama. Yeah. Did that come out right after the jazz singer? Uh, yeah, which one? It came out before the Neil Diamond version, <laughs> which you should see, too, to yeah. uh, see bad acting at its, at its finest. So I have to say, just going off this battle, not knowing anything, and yep. just... I would expect the name Scipio Africanus to defeat a Hannibal Barca just because the name sounds more... Okay, well, that's prophetic because that's what happened. Uh, he, he had, he had, what he did was he said, listen, men, when these, when these elephants charge, we're going to blow our trumpets, and that's going to you know, give these animals kind of a start, and then get the hell out of the way because you don't want to fight these things. There's like 80 of them. So there they, here it is, the, the charge, and uh, yeah, then they blow the trumpet and... And these elephants take off, and they just let them go right through the lines. And as they pass, they hit them with missiles and stuff, and they pretty much neutralize these elephants. Now it's time for the battle. Uh, now, I don't know how much you guys know about uh, early Roman, um, the, the uh, maniples they used. They fought in the, in the uh, it was called a uh, quid, quidnunc. Uh, basically, if you look on a die, and you got a five, you know, the five, the two dots, the one in the middle and two dots on the sides. Quidnunc? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was their formation. This so you'd have nunk. one, you know, you'd have. <laughs> this is uh, yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. It's like, it's like a two-one-two. Yeah, uh huh, two-one-two defense, and uh, so they basically they wanted to catch him in the center and then crush him from the from the uh, flanks, and that's pretty much what happened because their uh, their uh, cavalry was better than the uh, Carthaginian cavalry, which ironically they used the same cavalry that the Car- Carthage used when um, Hannibal invaded Italy. He uh, what the hell was the guy named? Messalinus? I think that was the uh, group he used, and they were very noted cavalrymen. And uh, they switched sides. So I, I don't know why. I think somebody got bribed, I think. But anyway, they're on the Roman side for this battle, and uh, the cavalry made it. This is the Second Punic War, uh, Punic being Rome versus Carthage. Um, and uh, to, who was the guy? Was it Cicero? Carthago Delita X Est. He ended every speech in the Senate by saying, Carthage must be destroyed. He really did not yeah. like those Carthaginians. No, he didn't. But they didn't destroy them. Now, the Third Punic War, they'd had enough. So, okay, this is it. And they leveled the city, and that was the end of Carthage. But that was over 100 years later. But this was a big battle, and the Romans win, and it's the Zama. Battle Zama is still there. You know, some of the uh, ruins of what happened there. Uh, the Romans also had, when they did this quidnunc thing, they had... Um, they started with the hostati. These are the guys in front. These are the guys that you guys would be, the pussies, okay? Mm-hmm. So these are the easy guys. So these are guys that make it look like it's going to be real simple, right? Mm-hmm. Then the second, the second row, these are actually, they're not, they're not bad warriors. It's just they're so poor they don't have good, you know, they don't have good arms. So they gave them like, you know, cheapo swords and, and uh, you know, and bent shields and shit like Cracker that. Crack boxes. Right, whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Cardboard sword. Saran wrap uh, armor. So anyway, these guys have nothing, you know. So the second, now let's see, it was Hastati first, and then second, um, um, oh, God, I forgot already what the hell they were called. Anyway, the second group uh, were the, these were more veteran, and they were richer guys that had good swords. They had a pila, uh, a pilum, which was a spear which is kind of a neat thing. You throw it, and if it hits something, it hits a shield or a man, it bends. So you can't take it out and use it against the Romans, which mm-hmm. is a good idea. So that was the pilum. And they had the scutum, which was a nice shield. And then uh, the last one was tertiari, and that's third, I guess. And these are the real veterans. They've got the good armor and the good helmets. And if you get to – first of all, there was an old saying, if you get to the third, the battle's already won. So – Usually they don't get these guys don't even fight because by the time they get past the Hastati in the second tier, um, it's already over. So, well, so the first two tiers are really just to wear the enemy down. Yeah, well, to beat them, that's where they usually beat. Yeah, they were good enough with the gladius, even with their mm-hmm. cheapo stuff, they could usually beat most of their uh, enemies. So usually the Tertiari didn't even fight. Yeah, but these the, were the real veterans. The, the gladius was one of the yeah. w- war weapons that really short did a sword lot for the yeah did a lot for the Romans because it was easy to wield mm-hmm. and like quick to thrust. 
it didn't tire you out. Like a lot of people thought that it's something big and heavy Mm-mm. would would win the day, but actually something a l- little bit faster to jab. Yeah, and later on when they fought barbarians who were using these big spears exactly, and bigger yeah. swords, well, basically it was two on one because yeah. they could have two guys jabbing with these little swords. Mm-hmm. And these, this one guy had to wield one big one, so he needed a lot of room to swing these things, right. axes and shit. So these guys are like, like you're saying, they're jabbing and, and slashing, and yeah. it's usually two guys to one. So that's why the Romans right. always beat the barbarians early. Well, also in their in their in their ranks, they would be man to man with their shields, kind of like mm-hmm. locked and interconnected, and then they would right. jab between that the too. shields, right? And then they would yeah. also take turns, you know? right? So like once One you guys got tired, got tired you would, exactly, you would go mm-hmm. back. Yeah, so they had a lot. Now this, and they had the testudo, you know, the the turtle, where yeah. they're just blocking with the shield right, and right. marching. So if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Hannibal the only military general ever to actually successfully? Uh, uh, flank his enemy on all sides. Uh, there, I, I can't remember the name of the battle, but can I? And I can think I. you're thinking of Kenai, yeah, where he beat Varro, and uh, that was in, in Iberia. I, you know, maybe he didn't win them all, but uh, oh, Hannibal yeah. was a prodigious Yes. Leader. Well, he was undefeated. This was the end of his undefeated season. Ah, this, right. this was it, yeah. yeah. This was his – they gave him a loss here. Mm. So like, that's what I'm saying. It's really important because Scipio Africanus kicked his ass. Yeah. So we got to rank him ahead, you know. It's not like college football where you can lose one. Maybe Hannibal was tired. Well, that that could be too. They Maybe. they sailed across you know the Mediterranean to get home. Maybe in his old age, as he was approaching dementia, he, he became a prime. libertarian. Yeah, he, he, well, he, he died. Have, he didn't have health care. See, that's the problem. Yeah. See, if he, he had to wait for his cataract if surgery, if he would have had single payer, this would yes. have never happened. <laughs> Correct. Well, okay, let's get him out of here. All right. So that's the battle of uh, Zama. Uh, you want to? I guess next you want to go to the Vandals here. Yeah, sure. I think. Uh, well, here we're back in Carthage again. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, well, the Vandals, of course, took most of North Africa uh, until uh, Belisarius kicked them all out. Um, you know, the general for the Byzantine Empire, which came about a hundred years later. I think this guy also was the uh, the Vandals also sacked Rome. Uh, that was in like four fifty three or something like that when the Vandals sacked Rome. Um, they weren't actually as bad as like the Ostrogoths. I was about to say, wasn't it with the, the, Goths, the Vandals and the Goths? The Goths, the Ostrogoths, and the Vandals well, all sacked Rome. Yeah. Three different sacks of Rome. Yeah. So none of them were picnics, but the Vandals were, you know, now it's proverbial, you're a Vandal. And, well, you know what that was means. Was it the Ostrogoths or the Visigoths? I think it was the Goths, the Ostrogoths, and uh, the uh, Vandals. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, uh, because you know, I remember it. I think the Ostrogoths were led by Otaacker. Mm. O-D-O-A-C-E-R, so two O's. Of course. So that's how you remember it. That's how I remember it. Yeah. Well, remember it. Ah, okay. Now we're going to move ahead, I guess, to King John, 1216. Yes. Uh, Oh, he died on this day. Okay. Well, you guys know the story of Magna Carta, Runnymede, and all that. King John actually was, I I don't think, you know, if you watch all the Robin Hood movies, he's the guy that usurped the throne when good King Richard the Lionheart went to fight, you know, the Crusades. Uh, not entirely true. King, you know, King Richard was more or less, you know, taking it up the ass. He was, uh, you know, a swinger. Uh, he's one of our LGBT friends, and uh, he and uh, Philip of uh, France were buddies, um, buddies. as depicted by um, Timothy Dalton and um, who was uh, who was Hannibal Lecter? Um, uh, Hopkins, Anthony, yeah, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins played Richard and Timothy Dalton played Philip in, um, the Catherine Hepburn, Peter O'Toole, uh, Lion and Winter, another old movie came out in, you know, 1968. So another talkie, uh, I, I think, I think it was. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I mean, it may even had color, but wow. I don't know if that'd been developed yet. Wow. I know you guys hadn't been. Uh, anyway, he was—I think he was given kind of a, a raw deal. This King John, he wasn't that bad. He kind of gave into his perversions too. Now, you know, it says here that he was replaced by his uh, nine-year-old son, which would have been Henry the uh, Third. He was married to a nine-year-old girl. His second wife, I believe, was uh, Isabella of uh, Angelum. His first, he like, I guess he had something for Isabella's because his first wife was Isabella, Isabella of Gloucester, hmm. and he fought uh, the Barons' War over the Magna Carta. Uh, now, little known fact, you know, the Pope, Innocent III, I believe, after we've discussed it, Tony and I, when they did the Magna Carta, he said, this is bullshit. You can't give these people all this. So he kind of nullified it, being a good Pope. Keep the serfs where they belong. Hmm. 
And, and actually, it didn't really help the serfs. It was all for the nobles. You know, the nobleman made him sign it because they didn't want to be taxed. You know, he's taxing the hell out of him because his big deal was he wanted to get Normandy back or fight. You know, the French had taken Normandy, and he wanted to tax the hell out of everybody like uh, most uh, communists and uh, fight a war. So they got sick of it, and that's why we got the Magna Carta. So I think we've cast enough light on King John, but I guess he died. I think he died of uh, dysentery, which was a common ailment back then does not sound like fun i think I'll pass. no no it's an agonizing death yeah. all right since you guys are college boys anybody want to comment on this next entry uh so in 1386 mm-hmm. the universität in heidelberg held its first lecture making it the oldest german university would you like to uh, say that in German? I've been, you speak German, don't you? Uh, well, not that well anymore. You <laughs> one does forget. All so, right. uh, but yeah, I've been to Heidelberg a couple times. Actually, oh, really? did a, you do some fencing there? So did you fight a duel? I did not. Oh. I did not. You've I, never been to Heidelberg. You don't have a I, scar on your I, cheek. I, I kept my ears. Yeah, yeah. What's with you? You don't have an eye patch, or well, a... I, I went to the university in the U.S. So, we oh, okay, did a little bit less fencing among the college boys. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, well, Heidel- Heidelberg is a lovely city nestled nice into a, it, absolutely. Yeah, but nestled into a valley. Uh, it has a river. What's, what's, their, what's their team? I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even Heidelberg know. Heidelberg Lancers? I wouldn't even know where to start. Because well, what, have what some team? kind of mascot, They're right? Probably have more than one. What's their mascot? Oh, yeah. The philosopher? I don't know. <laughs> the Heidelberg Huns? All right. <laughs> So let's not make fun of our the German Heidel- friends. Heidelberg Ostrogoths. That very, well, uh, or the Goths. <laughs> Teutons. Yeah, it's the, the two O's. Oh, actually, we're talking about the Teutons coming up here. Hudelberg. What, what do you know about that? 1466. I think this is the 13 Years' War. That's what it was about. The uh, Teutonic Order, which is more or less an oxymoron because those Teutons were never ordered people. They were entropic. Uh, what was this? Second Treaty of Thorn. Well, I wasn't aware of this, but uh, I think this is the war we're talking about. The Prussians and the and the uh, Teutonic Knights, yes. Uh, yes, who were basically crusaders, which means they were just plunderers and uh, ravagers of the countryside. So that that Thirteen Years' War couldn't have been a bad one. I mean, because thirteen years isn't that long as wars go. It's shorter than the Hundred Year War and ninety and the eighty. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's better than nine and the seven. Mm. But it's not better in Afghanistan, yeah. which has been what sixteen now. Yeah, we're we'll, we're, we, we're going for yeah. it. We still got another eighty four years. Yeah, to go we'll we make it. Don't worry, we're not going to end any wars. All right, fourteen sixty nine. Ferdinand the second of Aragon marries Isabel. Okay, Ferdinand and Isabella. We know how this goes. We were discussing uh, yesterday. Not well, if you were Jewish, th- correct. We were. Well, we were discussing uh, the, the uh, Inquisition. Fourteen eighty three. The Inqu- did you hear the show? Mm, I, I I did not. I haven't had time to listen to it. Oh, you should. Hmm. Well, the Inquisition was formed because of these conversos, which are basically forced, forced be- conversions, right? Not forced, but uh, yeah, they were the- theoretically voluntary. You could either convert or leave yeah. or die. Right. You you were you converted or you, you got your had a choice. Yeah, but they didn't trust their right. Yeah, so they had to test them out by torturing them. And if their wrists broke, yeah, they were they were they were okay. They were I okay guess yeah. If they survive, they're okay. If they, they die, they tied their wrists together and dropped them. Yeah, they put them back like this, and then raised them up by the rope, by, and then they just dropped them, and that dislocated their shoulders. So they would bind their wrists behind their backs yeah, for correct. people who can't see what you're doing. Yes, right. And then then drop them, and lift it, them by a rope, and then them, just yeah. drop them. Yeah, with a sudden. Uh, yes, yeah. a lot of ergs of uh, people are force awful. there. So that was the good old days of the uh, Inquisition, and that started under Ferdinand and Isabella. However, they did finance, or at least Isabella financed, Columbus's trips. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Is he the uh, well? You know, we, is he vilified in colleges these days? Uh, more and more, I would say, but uh, people certainly view him differently based on the times. So. In his day, I'm sure he would have been held as a hero and a great explorer, at least once they finally well, he had found, his faults too. We quote, know that. unquote, India. Um, certainly, we can dispel the myth right away that anybody ever thought that the Earth was flat. I think that's probably maybe a newer thing than yeah. Than I think old. yeah, that's that's in its renaissance. But yeah, Columbus didn't think it was flat. He just thought it was much smaller than it really was. Well, absolutely, they were just looking for a western quicker, passage. quicker way to yeah. uh, India. Yeah. You know, the, the Indies yeah. and uh, Cathay, uh, avoiding the Cape of Good Hope. 
Which is not bad. <laughs> Cape of Good Hope is okay. Yeah. It's the Cape of uh, uh, Cape Horn that's mm-hmm. a bad one. Of course, Columbus never got near it. I always it. understood it that it was, it was the Cape of Good Hope because they hoped they didn't hit a storm while they were there. No, it's actually pretty placid, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, that's why I say, if you watch Mutiny on those, all those Mutiny on the Bounties, right. well, they hit the horn. Remember, uh, here again, it's Anthony Hopkins again. He was Captain Bly with Mel Gibson. Right. Are you a coward, sir? Uh. You afraid to go around the horn? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, the Cape Horn is noted for its maelstrom. Cape of Good Hope is placid, but it's still a long journey, you know, going around Africa, et cetera. That's what mm-hmm. took – he had to go south for weeks and weeks. He thought, let's just go, you know, west. Right. Screw around with that. Um, I believe they had the Suez Canal then. Uh, no, no. They, of course, they had the uh, Erie Canal. So once he, once he got to New York, he was fine. After 15 years. <laughs> yeah, but it must We're have, warping history again. It must have been difficult to get through Ellis Island. Yeah, well, the tough part was bringing the war elephants well, on, especially on the with boat. Those big shoulders. Yeah, they, those elephants got passports. <laughs> so you guys celebrate uh, Indigenous Peoples Day or I'm, Columbus Day? I'm certainly more for Indigenous Peoples Day. Absolutely. Yes. Without a doubt. Well, listen, any anthropologist will tell you they're not indigenous they, they came across the land bridge, too. So uh, they're not indigenous by, you know what I mean? Not, the previous, but not indigenous. You might as well wipe away the, the term indigenous, That's indigenous correct. in general, then. I well, mean, then why celebrate the holiday, then? Let's just make it Columbus Day. Yeah, but it does kind of make a distinction for indigenous. These folks were here first. Well, then make it pre-Columbian Civilizations Day. Yeah, but you're still giving too much emphasis on Columbus. Oh, I'm sorry. PC think, Day? Can we call it PC? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Not a fan of PC. All right, see, yeah, I, I knew you guys. I knew there'd be conflict here. Yes, yes. Hey, that was a nice uh, conflict you put on the uh, site, by the way. Right, you like that. Yeah, I know. We, we had a very heated argument about that. So in 1512, yeah, Martin Luther becomes a doctor of theology, a doctor in Biblia. <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think about this guy? What's he, you know, come on. I, I think he's a little over the top. You know, what's wrong with the Catholic Church? Indulgences. Oh, God. Come on, what's the matter? You got to have a little corruption or you don't have a church. Well. Nailing mm. theses to a door. A little dramatic. <laughs> Histrionic. <laughs> well, then. You, no. Yeah, I'm not a Lutheran. But I, anyway, I, I, I he earned that. his doctorate. I wonder what his paper was on, his doctorate paper was on. That's a good question. Indulgences? Hmm. Yeah, probably. Could All have right. been a precursor. All right. You want to do a couple births while we're. Yeah, well, yeah, what you got for birth? I got Mordecai Three Finger Brown, who actually had three fingers and a thumb. He sounds like he's from the Old West. No, he's a pitcher. Oh, that's what I meant. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he was born. In, I don't think he's from the Old West, so I don't remember where he was born. Hmm. But he played as far west as it gets back then because he played for the St. Louis Terriers with the Federal League. That is yes. one of the least threatening names yeah, I've the ever terror, heard. Yeah. Terriers. <laughs> we wrestled a high school. We will with bite your called the Called the bull pups. We will bark ferociously yeah. at you from the behind terriers. a fence until mm. we're called back inside by our old lady. So you take the bulldogs ahead of the terriers or the, the Alsatians? Bulldogs may slobber a little bit more, but they're certainly- Well, they don't shed. More muscular. They're good. How about the 1903 Tor Johnson? Do you know who this guy is? Uh, isn't, isn't he in the Marvel series? No, that's Thor. <laughs> Thor of no, Thor Johnson oh, is the guy. Did you guys see Ed Wood? Heard of him? The movie Ed, uh, Ed Wood. Well, the director, and then the movie well, about the director. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the movie? I, I have actually. Well, the wrestler that was yeah. portrayed by uh, Frank the Animal Steel. Uh, it's been long enough for me to forget most of the things about the movie, but well, I know you guys have seen this guy because this is his mask is the best selling mask in Halloween history. Hmm. You, you've seen it, the bald-headed guy with the, you know, uh, look at look up Tor Johnson Halloween mask. It's the best-selling mask of all time. So I know you've seen it. That's this guy. He was actually, he was a wrestler and uh, enlisted to do some movies because he was so imposing. He was like 400 pounds. He was a mammoth gentleman. And, Swedish professional wrestler. Yeah. Do you have a picture so you can show Jack? Yeah, I do. That's, that's, uh, that's, have you seen his, his mask? Face. Right. Now, yeah, look at, look for the Tor Johnson mask, and then you'll know. You might have even had one as a child. I uh, doubt that. Probably. Yeah, not you guys. You didn't trick or treat. That's that's too capitalistic. Uh, that's oh, seen it. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, that's. I think that's the best selling uh, Halloween mask of all time. God, I probably would have just seen that and thought it was Frankenstein, yeah. right? Some or the Gollum or something. But that's Tor yeah. Johnson. Oh. And now the next guy, I think you probably probably don't know. 1910, 
uh, Subramanian Chandrasekhar. Chandrasekhar. Ever heard of him? A musician? <laughs> no, physicist. Ah. Uh, he was going to England to do his studies in physics. He's 20 years old. I think he left from Calcutta. He's on the boat, and you and I probably would have been checking out the chicks, playing a little shuffleboard, you know, grabbing some rays. No, he formulated Maybe not shuffleboard, but well, yeah, whatever, you know, try, you know, a little nude bathing. Yeah. And uh, no, he decided he was going to come up with some new Chandra Sikhar limit. Uh, you've all heard of black holes, neutron stars, etc. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that came up with the notion of a neutron star, and he deduced pretty close to it that any star over eight solar masses is going to is going and exploding in a nova would create a neutron star. And possibly even a black hole. And, of course, people laughed at him because it's 19 – I think it was 1931. And uh, they dismissed him as being a lunatic. Well, let's see. He was 21. So it would have been 1931. Yes. There you go. Arthur Eddington, who was like the big-time astrophysicist, said, this little Indian's nuts. But uh, they proved him right. So he won the Nobel Prize. Hmm. Physics. Good for, good for him. Yeah, not bad. So it showed them. Taking a little cruise to England. Uh, 1932, Robert Reed. You know who this guy is, right? Mm. Refresh my memory. Papa Brady. Oh, okay. From the Brady Bunch? Yeah. Okay. And it was kind of well known that he was one of our uh, LGBT friends. But Greg Brady and uh, Florence Henderson, Barry Williams, all of a sudden, man, he's cool. It's once right. you get into theater and acting and yeah, the it's entertainment a industry, it's a little, it's a little And podcasts, too. Yeah. <laughs> of course, that's not a universal. Yeah. Uh, 19, oh, while we're on the subject, 1945, Harris Milstead, better known as Divine, the most beautiful woman in the world, almost. Oh, you got me. Haven't you checked out Pink Flamingos? Uh, e put it on our site. That's that's fair enough. It might be oh, on our site, but okay. that doesn't mean we've checked okay. it out. You know who I'm right. talking about? I know who you're talking about. Uh, that's Divine, yeah. yeah. Born 1945. Yeah. Uh, he's in a those... caricature of her in the movie Hairspray or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, she made some John Waters movies, right. but Pink Flamingos is the classic. Okay. Uh, it's not for the squeamish. She sure. does some things at the end. I won't be a spoiler for you, but yeah, yeah I will. She eats dog shit. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Don't need to watch it and now. It's, and it's not phony. Is it's it a, real. Is it in a cup? Uh, no, no. <laughs> the little finger bowl. No, just a finger. Yeah. Anyways. That's divine. She's Trying to prove a, that she's the filthiest person in the world. She's got a dirty mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a dirty mouth. <laughs> you got a dirty mouth. <laughs> All right. Would you like to do the next one, Andrew? Yes. I seem to be dominating this show. So, well, it's your show. Um, True. At Yorktown, Virginia in 1781, representatives of British commander Lord Cornwallis hand over Cornwallis's sword and formally surrender to George Washington and the Comte de Rochambeau. 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 You give him the correct Rochambeau. French. But yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, so they we played don't. rock, paper, scissors, and that's how... <laughs> That's how they decided. Well, it was to actually handle. cannonballs. Um, That's very good. Did you know, did you know that was uh, why it's called? Yeah, I it was, did. you have to explain that to people. I, I don't know. I was just cannonballs, guessing. parchment, and swords. I believe was the old <laughs> game. <laughs> Guns, germs, and steel. <laughs> yeah, that's why is it called Rochambeau though? That's I don't know. That's an interesting. Uh, yeah, rock, paper, scissor. The real name is Rochambeau, right? Hmm. Yeah, this guy was a hero of the uh, revolution. I, I think I've heard folk folklore telling of a, a game called Rochambeau where you just stand in a line and kick each other in the shins until you can't stand anymore. Oh, really? I thought that was I, called I, per I've, kicking, I've, which is an Irish sport. Well, I've I've heard it called Rochambeau. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard. I thought it was called per kicking. I've, I've P U R R. Yeah, it, it it does it doesn't sound like yeah until one guy gives up basically or right. somebody breaks his leg or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the strategy there, I was reading a book about that too, not a book, but an article by the guy that's like the champ, and he said he used to have like a, a pattern he'd kick in, hmm. which was much more effective than just kicking. He'd make a circle apparently, and that hurt a lot worse. So that was, he was the per-kicking champ. So Fair keep enough. that in mind if you're ever in a battle like that. Oh, I don't think I will be. Well, you're an Irishman, you never know. You guys get a pint full and uh, a snout full of... of uh, What's, what's the Irish harp? When, whenever we drink through our snouts, yes. Yeah. All right. Good. Nostril full. Mm. All right. Uh, let's see. John Jay, sworn as first chief justice of the United States, 1789. Anybody know who the second chief justice was? 
Uh, John oh. Rutledge. But anyway, John Jay. John Jay was a founding father, correct? He also, yeah, he also wrote, he wrote some of the Federalist Papers with yes, Madison yes. and Hamilton. Uh, 1812. Oh, now we got we got about three. Well, let's see. There was actually three of them. I think Napoleon. Yeah, there's um, a few. 1812 retreats from Moscow. <laughs> he uh, he invaded with about 625,000. Came back with about 30,000, and that's Stuff. what typically happens when you invade Russia on horses and snow. Yeah, right. And it got a little cold. He won battle after battle. He won the Battle of Borodino, which was a pretty big battle. Takes Moscow. Hangs out in there for a while. Of course, the city had like uh, 250,000, 300,000 people. When he got there, about 15,000 left, mostly criminals and vagrants and vagabonds, you know, looting the place. And then, of course, this mysterious fire starts, and uh, they basically just burned everything. So his soldiers didn't have any food, didn't have anything. So let's, let's, uh, I guess he said it in French. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. Was that the, were they already using the scorched earth? Strategy? Oh, yeah, all the way, pretty much. And all the way back, too. Right. There was really nothing to eat for them on the way back, either. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're, and they're getting constantly harassed by Cossacks and others. So it was a pretty rough trip. So this is the beginning of the end for Napoleon. Then they, the next year, 1813, we discussed this because this is a four-day battle. Mm-hmm. This is the last day, Battle of Leipzig or Battle of Nations. The Sixth Coalition, three emperors against uh, Napoleon, and he got his ass kicked. And this led to his immediate uh, are, abdication to Elba. Those are bad odds for Napoleon. Yeah, not good, not good. And, he, you know, he, actually he wasn't that outnumbered in the battle, even though he was, but he had conscripts, more like Hastati, you know. Hmm. What was the name of that second? Ah, shit, I can't believe I forgot what the second uh, tier was called. Anyway. Uh, let's see now. Okay, so, so let's so, see. Some revolutionary war. No, no. Oh, civil war, oh. sorry. Yeah, we're going to civil war now. Well, you want to, since you have a nice co- uh, paragraph on this, would you like yeah, to read it? so. Um, 1864. Actually, let's jump to the uh, the uh, St. Albans raid in 1864, because I thought this was kind of cool. I never knew that the, the Confederate soldiers would go up to Canada, yeah. rob banks, <laughs> and try and bribe the Union soldiers to... They just distract them kind of from going, yeah. you know. Well, I think basically it was, it was a feint to get more Union soldiers up there, too, and divert some of them from the main fight. You know, they're, they're making them worried about New, New England. And, yeah, and, and grab some money, which they needed. So I guess this is the And they're most... going to bribe the Canadians, too, I believe. They're trying to get the Canadians to fight on their side, too. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of had the, the wrong effect because the Canadians say, you know, we're not that bribable, okay, so – don't insult us. And you just robbed one of our banks. Well, it was the Vermont. Oh. They robbed the bank in Vermont. But I'm, I'm sure they might have taken, yeah. irrespective of yeah. borders and nationalities, I'm sure they took whatever they could get. Although it was only like, I don't know, a dozen guys? Does it say how many it was? It wasn't many. No, I know it wasn't many, though. Yeah. <laughs> so it does, you know, there is a trivia question. Where was the northernmost battle of the Civil War fought? And they say this, but I mean, this is it, it's a raid. It's not a, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we if we get in a fight in the big room, it's probably bigger than this battle, so yeah. it doesn't really qualify. Well, if you if you throw an egg at me while I'm driving by, I wouldn't really call it a battle. I wouldn't throw an egg. A rock, yes, not an egg. <laughs> All right, let's see. Wouldn't waste a good egg. Yeah, I'd eat the egg. But, uh, yes, a stone. Battle of Cedar Creek, same same day, apparently. Sheridan destroys a Confederate army under Jubal Early. He didn't quite destroy it. Early got away with a few of his men, but then uh, Sheridan set fire to the whole Shenandoah Valley, and yep. the South is still pissed off about that. And we've had that debate about what the war was fought over, and it wasn't slavery, so don't even say it was. I think it was part of it. A very small part. <laughs> it was Lincoln wanting to maintain the Union and his power over everybody and the tariffs. Wanting to maintain his power as president of the United States. Yeah. But he was not the president of the Confederacy. Right. So he had no power over the Confederacy, just as Jefferson Davis had no power over the United States of America. We'll debate that some other time. I bet they stood. Did they stand? Or did they kneel? I don't know. What, what, are, your, what are your opinions <laughs> about that? I bet Lincoln stood and the other guy, he probably half knelt. It depends on the anthem. That's true. That's very true. I don't think the uh, Confederacy had an anthem yet. So I guess you're not really a country to you. Although they would have, I guess you can stand for God Save the Queen, right? That's okay. I'm not entirely sure. I think they might have actually had an anthem. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, we do need to look that up. Mm-hmm. Dixie? You think it's Dixie? Well, I, I know where Dixie comes from. Please. Um, 
So Dixley actually comes from uh, currency notes that were printed in New Orleans. And since it was a Deece, ten, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So since they the 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 ten dollar notes were marked as Dees and on one side in French, right? Uh, then they became known as Dixies. And so uh, I know Dixie that, but Land, what about the? No, I was talking about the song though. Is well, that Stephen Foster? Dixie? Yeah. Well, so I mean, D- mm-hmm. Dixie just kind of became a common term to refer to the South, right? Or people from the South. So, uh, it, but it all comes from the the bill. So. Right, because so a lot for us, it's kind of weird to think that banknotes would ever be different because we're we're used to seeing the same currency since we've grown up. But in the U.S. and many other countries, there it was not standard. I mean, banknotes could were not regulated, and so they were basically printed by whatever local bank was the authority in the region. That happened here too, though. The states had there was you know the nineteenth century, which is much better way, by the way. Mm-hmm. The states would. You know, that's why you had your fights over the bank, first and second banks of the United States and all that garbage. Thank uh, God for uh, Andrew Jackson getting rid of the Bank of the United States. But, yeah, up till then, states had their own current. They were making they were making specie, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. And specie. Sounds spe- better. Specie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, now are you guys aware of Gresham's Law? No. Thomas Gresham, Queen Elizabeth's, I think, uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer. Hmm. Uh, or Treasury, I don't think it was called Chancellor, but back then, Queen Elizabeth I, this is it. Uh, bad money drives out good. Hmm. You ever heard that saying? That's Gresham's law. In other words, if you put out a bunch of bills, or, or let's, let's say a bunch of coins, uh, and you um, take out the silver content or reduce it, people are going to hoard the older coins that have a lot of silver, and they're going to spend the shit coins you know, with, say, half silver as opposed to 75% silver. So bad money drives out good. So you're going to hoard your good money and spend the bad. Hmm. And that's Gresham's Law. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, oh, we're jumping ahead quite a bit here, aren't we? Build, 1988. Build up to getting off the gold standard. What are we bang? Oh, well, Jack, maybe you'd like to comment on this. Uh, what, the gold standard? No, where, it has something at? to do with Sinn Féin here. Oh, Sinn Féin. What does that mean, by the way? I, uh, I, don't, I don't actually know. Oh, some Irishman. Uh, well, you know, I like I said, I was born here. I, I, <laughs> well, go back to your homeland and uh, blow something up, will you? Uh, that's... All right, let's see. The British government imposes a broadcasting ban on television and radio interviews with members of Sinn Féin and 11 Irish Republican and Ulster loyalist paramilitary groups. Anything, anything to add to that? Nope. <laughs> okay, I think that says it all. That says plenty. I'm sure there's a mural. Um, all right. Oh, and, and along those lines, next year, we're talking about the Guild for Four. I know about these guys. Have you seen the movie, uh, In the Name of the Father? Oh, I, I, I know of it. No, I have not Pete seen Postal it. Swa- yeah. Pete Postlethwaite and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Have you seen it? I've heard of it. It's about these guys. These guys were unjustly were the, accused of a bombing. Were these are the ones that did the hunger strike? Uh, that was uh, wasn't that uh, no, Bobby no, Sands? So. Wasn't yeah. that, was he the guy that died? Was it Bobby one, Sands one of, that died? No, yeah, there was, there was more than one that did it. Yeah, he was a long time. He dropped dead after like two months, something like that. Huh. But yeah, these guys were. There was a bombing of a pub, I think. I guess is that what it says? Mm, I don't two, even say two pubs. Two pubs. Believe, okay, yeah. I'm just going from the movie because I don't. I'm read up on this, but apparently they were in prison. Well, it says 15 years, but uh, they got paid, so it's not that bad. Gave him like five hundred thousand, uh, five hundred thousand pounds. It's hard not a bad say. deal. Yeah, it's uh, hard to say what you'd really prefer though. But <laughs> getting those fifteen years back or a bunch of money? Well, I'd rather win the money on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire hmm. and not have to go to jail. But not all of us can appear yes, on game shows. That's true. So well, we're all not a, we're not telegenic. <laughs> that's the problem. If you shave that beard, you might have a chance. <laughs> all right, what's this? What do we got here? Two thousand one. What is this? S i e v x. An or Indonesian that, fishing boat. Would you say that's Steve Dees? I'm guessing it's Steve the Tenth. No, Dees. Dees. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Andrew. An what Indonesian is it? fishing boat en route to Christmas Island, carrying over 40, 400 asylum seekers, Uh-oh. sinks in international this, yeah. waters with a loss of three hundred fifty-three people. I didn't have to hear the last part to know what was coming on that. Whenever you see ferry boat and asylum seekers. You know that there's going to be problems. They're going down. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to end in tragedy. Um, see, Christmas Island. Who owns, is that? Australia? Who owns Christmas? It's Australia, right? I believe so. That that rings. A now, bell. Easter Island's chilly. I think. Yes, it is actually. Oh, have you been there? You seen the Moabs? No, I have not been there. Uh, they they have a different name for it, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, I, I do. It's it's. Um, uh, 
oh, it starts with an R. Uh, um, gosh, don't tell me. Anyway, we'll get to that too. Yeah, Christmas Island belongs to China or Australia. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Yes, Easter Island is starts with an R. It's like Ratui or uh, something like that. Uh, oh, Rapa Nui. Rapa Nui. God damn. All right, I knew it started with an R. Okay. Um, now this next one, I think Tony's going to object to. I guess you guys didn't hear our last show. It was Mother Teresa's birthday or death day or one day, so she came up. Mm-hmm. I think it was birthday. Tony doesn't uh, doesn't believe she should be beatified. Mm-hmm. Uh, any opinions? Anybody have? Well, Mother what, what Teresa. Are, what are his reasons? Well, this is this. Now, I, I don't want to get in the addled brain of Tony Hubert, but uh, I believe what he's claiming is uh, somewhat spuriously, as all his arguments are, that. Uh, she didn't do anything to solve poverty. She just helped the impoverished, apparently, or something. Nothing to solve their plight. Hmm. Does that make sense to you guys? I think she should have cured sadness and yeah, right. Very good. depression at the right. same time. She should have used government, which is what they're for, <laughs> to cure us of all our ills, right? <laughs> to give more money. That's ridiculous. To eradicate disease. God. <laughs> no, there's no such thing as God. Only government. Well, Mother Teresa God, certainly Haven't you so. read 1984? No respect, I tell you. No right. respect. So you don't agree with Tony that she should have somehow eradicated pestilence and war and famine and the other she horsemen of the uh, well, apocalypse? <laughs> I, yes. I don't believe poverty is one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, no, it was <laughs> famine, war, pestilence, and death. If you read the book by uh, uh, Ibanez. Is it, is it war or wrath? War, yeah. Well, war is good enough. Yeah. Who, is it pale horse's war? Which one? No, death is pale horse, right? Goodness, yeah. I can't remember all you the colors. You had to know the colors, too. Uh, yeah. I probably would have known this when I was a kid and I saw it on the X-Men. <laughs> watch watch Four Horsemen Apocalypse, the silent version with Rudolph Valentino. Before it's the, on YouTube. It's free. The Correct. Yeah. Rudolph Valentino. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh let's see. Or have you ever seen uh have you ever heard the album by Aphrodite's Child, Six Six Six? No. Wow. Never heard you of guys. it. Guys. Trannies. All right. Okay. 2005. Saddam Hussein goes on trial. Now, this is the good old days. You catch the guy in a hole. Let's see. They they, they tried him and he was killed, what, within a couple weeks? Well, how long I, did the whole I, thing I, take? How do you say his name again? Saddam. 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 Yeah. Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Just putting the emphasis on the first one makes it sound a lot more like Saddam? buggery. Uh, yeah. Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Hussein goes on trial. Crimes against humanity, you know, well, that's what the losers always get. We were talking about the Nuremberg trials the other day. All right. Von Ribbentrop and yeah. all those guys. How'd that go? Uh, they got hanged, <laughs> except for Goering. He took cyanide. And I think Himmler did, too. Uh, let's see. 2005 Hurricane Wilma. This is a big one. Uh, most intense. Oh, well, by the way, uh, for all you believers in uh, uh, the hoax, that is global warming. Here we go. You know. Yeah. Global uh, Hurricane Wilma, and then there wasn't another uh, storm touch, another hurricane touch Florida for another 11 years, setting that to, putting that to rest. Unbelievable that weather patterns could be cyclical. Yes, they all are, correct. Unbelievable. Yeah, have nothing to do with man-made global warming, correct. Unbelievable. That's right. You're right, Jack. No, really unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable? You don't believe it. I I don't believe you're right about Uh global warming ever, but. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'd like to see your proof. Uh, You have none. (laughs) Well, what, I thought that was one of the uh, principal I, I make no precepts pr- of global warming. They're going to be stronger and more uh, frequent hurricanes. That is not true. That this, has not been true. This year's true. been pretty good, but I don't it's been think, 11 years. I don't think hurricanes 12. can be a marker. I think actual, okay. if you're, if like, it's not global. How about temperatures? Because the, they haven't gone up either. Uh, they have. No, they haven't. They not have. in the last 17 years. Not in the last Check NASA, 17 years. According to NASA, correct. But in the last 100. Yeah, but... Th- the CO2 content of the air has gone up over 20%. How yeah. do you explain that? That it's gone up over 20%. The CO2 and the temperatures have remained steady. Well, In no, fact, a little lower. They've risen. No, they, they haven't. Not since risen. 1998, which was an El Nino year. Since 1970, there's really been no, no appreciable global warming at all. That's NASA talking, not me. GISS, too. Sensitivity I remember, satellite. I remember used to snow when I was a kid. That's all I knew. Uh, oh, well, okay. Well, I, I stand corrected. There you go. Now, that's that's what we call in uh, science uh, anecdotal evidence, unsubstantiated. Uh, isn't that funny? 
doesn't have any, <laughs> has nothing to do with CO2 content in the air. Take my word for it. A bunch of Nobel Prize winners have said that. Uh, 2012, bomb explosion kills eight people and injures 110 people in Beirut, Lebanon. I would imagine that's Hezbollah, huh? At work. Um, Sounds like, right? I'd like to see your proof. Yeah. I do. I, I'm just, I said imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, was it Hezbollah? Okay. That was just a guess. Global warming's a hoax. hoax. That's true. Now, who died? 1745. Yes, would you like that's, to that's, comment, That's Jack? true. True. Yeah, well, I, I, you're just fighting because like, of the a, facts. a lost crusade, though. Like, apparently, a lot of people believe because of the facts that it is real. Well, a lot of people are dupes. A lot of people <laughs> They are know nothing dupes. about physics. They don't know what the first and second laws of thermodynamics okay, are. Okay, what about climate scientists? Yeah, they get paid to say there's climate change. You give me $100,000 a year, I'll say it's, so I'll say it's true, too. What's, what's the economic incentive? Money. For them they to get money. Well, they, fine, they All get right. money, but who— All right. Why would they get money let's, to— Let's, let's do a hypothetical. Motiv- yeah, but what is okay. the motivation? The motivation, motivation is yeah. so they can do more research. Now, what if— Let's put it this way, Jack. I'm a climate scientist, and I— in, it, um, ineluctably say that there is no there is no climate change. You think I'm going to get any more money? Of course not. I have to keep saying we need more studies. We need more studies, et cetera, et cetera. I'll give you a parallel in podiatry, which is another pseudoscience. Uh, we, we all know that most people know that these art supports we give out really don't do much except weaken your feet. But we give them out. Why? Because we get three hundred dollars from insurance companies, or three fifty, sometimes four fifty. So, hell yeah, I'm going to give you art supports, whether you need them or not, because I have an incentive to give you art supports, right? Same thing goes with dentistry. A lot of this stuff is nonsense. These, mer- these mercury fillings will kill you. Why do they do it? You know, because they get money for it. It's the same principle. And the same people that say, the people that say it's a hoax are, you know, I, I work for Exxon, I guess. I'm getting money for this. I think the question is, the question is, are scientists more noble than anybody else? And I say no. They're as venial and venal and uh, as dishonest as anyone else. If you pay them to say something, would you at least admit science is skewed if you pay people to have a, a, a specific outcome? No, I, I, I'm not going to say science is, is, is skewed. I mean, in f- any science. I, I don't know. But if there's I, profit in, in having, you know, a, for instance, Galileo and the church. Do <laughs> you think the church wanted to actually know if the sun goes around the earth? you think they were really interested in the truth? Of course not. I think Galileo was scared shitless. When Galileo he was. Go I'm talking about the church. About I'm talking about the church. Do you think they really cared about what the real science or what really happened was? I th- of course not. I think they probably wanted to not know it, if anything. Well... I think that's what the climate scientists want too. The thing that happens when like your system is based on belief. You don't have to know that. That's correct. That's what climate science is, belief. Not gonna agree. Not gonna agree with you. Well, where, where's your proof? Uh, we, I just told you. That, we, we can look it up later. You have not convinced me because you're unconvincible. I'm not unconvincible, but I haven't seen your proof. Do you and, Do you know what the theory is? Can you explain? succinctly why what caused global warming so it's the increase in the amount of co2 Correct. in the atmosphere how? why how because yes. of the use of fossil fuels i know that Name but how it. does co2 on a molecular level increase the temperature of the earth co2 and methane so it's and water supposed to be it's supposed to retain heat yeah how what mechanism the greenhouse effect <laughs> well, all right, I'll explain it to you guys. Our listeners who are much more intuitive. intuitive. Radiation intuitive. There are three forms, three or four, three forms of heat. Correct? Do we know this? Am I have to start in the beginning? There was darkness. Okay. <laughs> so I have to go all the way back to Genesis. He just no. turned out the lights. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> I have to start rudimentary with you guys. Let's let's skip ahead a few books of the Bible. Uh, anyway, there's three types of heat. Radiation, convection, and conduction, right? The heat we get from the sun is radiation, correct? Correct. It comes to the earth in short wave radiation. Heat travels in wavelengths, right? Radiation travels in wavelengths. Uh, That's simplification, but that's about as much as you guys know. So anyway, it comes in short wavelengths. It hits the earth. Now, this is not me, too. This is what the global warming, this is the theory. I'm not saying. This is Trenberth and Keel and all these other lunatics. 
Uh, it comes in short wave radiation. It bounces off the earth, turns into long wave radiation, and that is what is blocked by CO2. So it, therefore, it, instead of going out into space, it's retained in the atmosphere and the atmosphere heats up. That is the theory. Well, it's not that it completely blocks it then. Uh, not, not, it, yeah, it's it, re-radiated it just, back to the earth. Well, it's just that it, it, it keeps it in more. Right. So No, but it actually, yeah, but it doesn't delay it. I mean, because then it would still escape, correct? It's traveling at the speed of light. How much is it delayed? No, I just no, I just mean that it keeps in more of a percentage. I didn't say anything about being right, that, and that's not true. That that has absolutely been proven to be untrue, because light is absorbed at certain by certain molecules at certain wavelengths. Right? You know what the wavelength is? Yes, the length of the wave. Correct. Well, I think it's for uh, carbon, the big wavelengths. They have these things. You can see them on the, if you go to the sites. I think it's 1 in 15 microns is where the, it's absorbed, but it's not really absorbed. Basically, if a photon of light hits a CO2 molecule, it, it doesn't absorb it. The molecule either, it either vibrates or rotates, and then the photon of light goes off on its own trajectory and out into space. And the so, whole idea that the atmosphere acts as a blanket is wrong. The atmosphere is a coolant. It is not a heating. That, that, that theory that we'd be 33 degrees less if there was no atmosphere or no CO2 and all that, no greenhouse effect, that's nonsense. That's never been proven. For instance, what is the temperature of the moon that face, the side that faces the sun? No atmosphere. The dark side? Of no, the, the lights, the side that's facing the sun. Any guess? Haven't checked with my... About 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hot. But as it goes on the dark side, it's about 200 degrees below zero. Right. So the atmosphere acts as as a, a coolant, a coolant for the hot side. Well, I mean, like the uh, so ozone blocks a lot of radiation for the sun that would otherwise be harmful. UV radiation, ultraviolet. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just a different wavelength. Right. Correct. Same speed, different wavelength. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, they all travel at the speed of light. So yeah, there's there's no change. Yeah, but it's 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 the it's the length of the wave. It's just the frequency. Right, that's what makes infrared, all UV, visible light. They're all different gamma rays. Yes. radio. Right. Yeah. So that's that's understood. So atmosphere affects that the the way that the radiation from the sun is absorbed. Some is blocked and some is not. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just the way that it can be blocked coming in, it could also be blocked coming out. Yeah, but what do you mean by blocked? Well, we, we just so it doesn't go out to space. We just established it doesn't go out to space. We just established that they're part the, one of the big functions of the atmosphere as a coolant, and you're, you're right. Right, and sure. I mean, I'll grant you that it's blocked, but it's it is not heat. It's not heat. That's that's the, there's there's the, the that's you can't make that jump. If the moon is at three hundred degrees because right. it lacks an atmosphere, the, the moon the moon heats the up air. because the rock if, heats up. The, the sun is heating the the actual moon. Right, it's and not we, heating the atmosphere. We also have rocks here on Earth. Yeah, but we have forests. We have all kinds of things. We have the Arctic. We have oceans mostly. We don't have rocks. Oh, we well, fine. water absorbs a lot of heat. Fine, we have deserts that lack water and trees, and they yeah, have but that's rocks. very small percentage. But Most they of it is still water. Don't reach the temperatures that you're claiming on the moon. That's correct. Of course not. Okay. Nowhere on the Earth reaches those those temperatures. Okay, fine. So atmosphere affects the way. Uh, and so the gases particularly. No, a lot of that heat is absorbed, Jack, by our atmosphere. No, by the Earth, the by Earth the itself. Earth. The water, mostly. Water has a high heat specificity. Hmm. Heat spec... What am I saying? All right. (laughs) Specific heat, which means how much does it take... No, it's specific heat. That's what Uh the the quantity is. Uh Water can absorb a lot of heat and not get hot, as opposed to your skin, say. Your skin absorbs heat and it gets hot. You get burnt. Water isn't like that. It has a very high specific heat. So a lot of this water, a lot of this heat that comes from the earth is absorbed because the earth is not a black body radiator, a black body radiation, Max Planck, all that stuff. Uh, Boltzmann, the Boltzmann, uh, Stefan Boltzmann, uh, uh, Stefan Boltzmann, what, formula. Anyway, I, I just don't, I don't study. I have some papers in my office if you'd like to read them. Sure. I, I just don't have a problem <laughs> believing that the heat absorbed by the earth uh, would be altered by the atmosphere. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with that either. But when you're talking about 400 parts per million of a gas that's basically negligible. That's the problem. If we were 90% or 95% carbon dioxide, you may have a point there. 
we're not. So you're, what you're trying to tell me is that 400, a gas that is 400 parts per million, which in, if you've ever taken chemistry or physics, that's, you, would have, you would totally disregard that. That has nothing, you know, because it's not even close to three significant digits. Well, it depends figures. on what kind of gas it is, but sure. No, it doesn't depend. It's negligible. It could be anything. It could be arsenic. It could be cyanide. It could be. It's not. It's not going to make any difference. Especially when and and you know how much how much of the carbon dioxide is emitted by man and how much is natural. Do you have any idea? Ninety-five percent is natural. Five percent is emitted by man. So now you're talking about 5% of 400 out of a million parts. That's pretty insignificant, wouldn't you think? So besides all of our listeners who just died uh, from listening to that, who else died on this day? Oh, okay. Besides Jack's argument? Yes. uh, Jonathan Swift, which you should read. He's a satirist, and uh, you need some humor (laughs) in your life because you think we're all dead. Uh, 1897, uh, the uh, the Pullman strike. You know the Pullman car? I guess you guys have never ridden in a train, have you? I have, actually. Really? You too? Uh, I prefer train travel if I can. My dad used to be a conductor. (laughs) (laughs) Now, have you guys ever traveled the Oregon Trail in a covered wagon? Oh, not recently. I knew it. Only on the Mac 2GS. You young whippersnappers. It's good this time of year. Ah, Since we're talking about, uh, oh, Stefan Boltzmann, Constant, all that stuff, 1937, Ernst Rutherford, uh, who is the father of of, uh, nuclear physics. He's the guy that actually did the uh, gold foil experiment where he uh, established that most of the, well, almost all of the atom is in the nucleus and only a very small part of the electrons, the orbitals, with an elegant uh, uh, experiment called the gold foil experiment. So Ernest Rutherford, and he won the Nobel Prize, physicist. Uh, 1950, oh, Edna St. Vincent Millay. Have you heard her most famous rhyme? Her most famous poem. Roses are red, violets no. are blue. Oh. No, 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 no. Uh, let me see if I can remember it. Um, my candle burns at both ends. It will not last the night. But ah, my fa- ah, my foes and oh, my friends, it gives a great, wonderful light or something like that. Isn't that nice? That's mm. beautiful. She says live for, basically she's saying live for the day, you know. Burn your candle at both ends. Mm. Okay, you guys, youth is wasted on the young. All right. And speaking of young, 1978, Gig Young. You don't know who this is, I guess? Related. Actor, Academy Award winning actor. He won for uh, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? 1969. Interesting guy. He he killed himself and his wife. Mm. Bang, bang. I don't know what. He was a little depressed. Bang, bang. And I think, uh, oh, I didn't put it down, but I think it was in 2004, one of my favorite serial killers died. Uh, his name was Howard Unruh. Just one day he got a little crazy and uh, you know, unruly. Unruh, yeah. He was. He you're gonna rue this day. He uh, yeah. He watched uh, apparently he watched uh, Barbara Stanwyck double feature on uh, on one of the older movie channels and uh, grabbed drive a gun. Anybody crazy? Yeah, it'll drive anybody to homicide. Grabs his gun, walks around Camden, New Jersey, and starts blowing people away just at random. Kids, women, men. Thirteen, I think he got. And uh, you know the, the psych- summer of Unruh. Uh, well, so the fall. Well, let's see. What, what day was it? Might have been the summer. I'm not sure. Anyway, he uh, the psychiatrist was interviewing him, and he had a great lines. If I had a thousand bullets, I'd have killed a thousand of them. Jesus. So there's a, so that's Howard Unruh. One of your favorite serial. My, one of my favorites. Poor but my favorite is Ed Gein. Oh, he's a good one. Yeah, he's you know you know who he is. No. So you don't listen to the show. You're right. Have you ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was that was uncalled for. What, what honesty? Yeah. Well, have you ever seen Psycho? Have you ever seen that movie? The way you've been talking to me since I've come in here, and you say uh, that's uncalled for. <laughs> that's right. You're sitting in Tony's spot. It's yeah, I know. Forward. That's that's the abuse chair. The abuse chair. The Psycho. That was based on if you can't, Ed Gein. Can't take the heat. Get out of the global warming kitchen. I can take the heat. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not that hot. How many parts yeah. per million can you take? Four. I have a lot more than four hundred. <laughs> That's negligible. Oh, really? Even four thousand during the uh, you know what was it the uh, Triassic? Four thousand parts per million. <laughs> you weren't born back then either, or maybe were you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm immortal. <laughs> 
We all are. <laughs> anyway, if you take I, away the tea, I'll believe you. I, I think I think that's all for our show today. Um, oh come on, Armand, let's talk some more science of global Armand, warming. We, we will let, be, me, let me go to my office and get my paper and okay, read it. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. for all the listeners. Uh, October twentieth, next on the books. Um, Armand will be here again to talk more global yeah. warming theories. That's right. We'll, to, uh, we'll devote about forty minutes to global warming global and five warming. minutes to history. Perfect. So um, so make sure you tune in, everybody. Don't forget to go on Facebook or this ain't history and hate podcast. us. <laughs> and throw some shade at Armand and um, whatever else you want to say to Armand. Yes, say, it. say it on there. Say it on the Facebook page. We will entertain you guys. We will entertain any opinions that are in uh Yeah, we, we'll even have people call in and argue with Armand. Sure. Like. Open the phone lines. Oh, the phone lines will be open. Okay, <laughs> so we will uh, see you next time um, on Gee, lineup, fun. lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.